0: Hello and welcome to Macpreneur, the show that explores how entrepreneurs from all around the world, run their business on Apple Gear. My name is Damien Schreuz and here we go for episode 4. So, who are you and where are you calling from?
1: Hi, uh, my name Ian Baldwin, and I'm calling from Dayton, Ohio. Welcome, Ian. Thanks.
0: It's nice to have you on the show. So, for our listeners, uh, what do you do, and how did you become an entrepreneur?
1: Sure. So, currently, I'm working for myself under the name Here and See. I'm creating content for bands for their social media, as well as uh, content to help them promote their shows, their albums. Uh, basically promote anything that they're doing creatively
2: Mm.
1: and um, as far as how I became an entrepreneur I kind of fell into it I was doing my own like I had worked for a handful of businesses and corporations since graduating high school in 2008 Um, I I started observing how they were ran and thought to myself if I ever owned my own business that I would do things a certain way and not compromise on my core values Mm.
0: And so which Apple devices are you using now for Hear and See?
1: So currently I'm working with a MacBook Pro 13-inch, mm-hmm. an iPhone 7 Plus, and an Apple Watch Series 2.
2: Okay.
0: And um, what do you do specifically for, for your business on, on those devices? What, what kind of work do you do?
1: So I've been diving more into video work, so video editing Mm -hmm. to make uh, promotional videos. Uh, I'll create flyers. I'll do album artwork, that type of thing on my Mac. Uh, On my phone, sometimes I'll take photos at concerts with my phone or my DSLR,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and I can always edit the photos in VSCO, um, Snapseed, the default camera, like photo editing uh, in the phone,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, contact people. So be able to communicate and, mm-hmm. you know, message them on Facebook or iMessage, mm-hmm. uh, email, things like that. And then my watch specifically, I'll use it to like track my activity. If I'm doing like a workout or if I'm not able to have my phone close to me, mm-hmm. um, it's a good way to get notified of when somebody is trying to reach me.
0: So, for how long have you been using Apple devices and what made you choose actually to go to Apple?
1: So I'd say, I, I know I started using Apple devices primarily in, I want to say, 2011 or 12. So I, I bought my first MacBook Pro for school. Um, but my first like, introduction to Apple was I had a few friends, their parents had Macs at their house. So I would go play on those when I was over there visiting. And also there was a museum I went to close to my house called Boonshoft Museum of Discovery. And they would have some of the older Macs out there where you could play games and learn about a specific topic using the Macs there. But I primarily grew up on PCs like, from birth. <laughs> <laughs> so even when like the floppy disk was around um, and everything. But what made me make the switch from PC to Apple was while I was working at a church on their cleaning staff, I had a friend who was also working at the church on their creative t- team. His name was Josh Swain, and he introduced me to what made Mac so great to work on. So while I was volunteering there, I would volunteer there during the week and help them make slides for the services in um, Photoshop. So Josh would show me some of his favorite things to do on the Mac and his favorite apps, and that kind of just it got that seed planted in my head that, okay, if I'm going to continue to do graphic design, I can't be using, like, a gateway laptop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was just so slow, and it was frustrating. So I just got to see, like, how fast Mac was and how amazing it was for design.
0: Great. And so what do you like the most about using Apple products now?
1: Um, For me, I mean, I just... how. Within the ecosystem of Apple, everything works well together. So if you do introduce something that is not Apple, it'll still work. But it seems like it's not as intuitive or you you kind of have to take some extra steps to make it work well.
0: So on your Mac, which apps do you use the most then?
1: Um, Specifically, I'd say Adobe Creative Suite. Mm -hmm. I use a majority of the time. I've been using Final Cut Pro a lot more um, and kind of diving into that world. Um, notes. I definitely use notes like every day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been really nice because I'm able to see my notes on my phone, my watch and my, my desktop mm-hmm. uh, and 1Password. I use 1Password almost every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I could not live without 1Password now. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. So many, so many passwords to manage.
1: No, oh, it's something I, I recommend to almost anyone.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you were mentioning notes that you, you synchronize notes through iCloud, mm-hmm. um, specifically on your iPhone. What, what other apps are you, are you using?
1: Sure. Um, as far as my iPhone goes, um, I'll use Overcast to listen to podcasts that I'm enjoying at the moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I've been finding it to be, for at least my purposes, I prefer over the default podcast app. Mm -hmm. Um, SongShift is an app I've been using more frequently since I'm making playlists to highlight Dayton bands. And since I want to have the playlist on Spotify and Apple Music, I'm able to create the playlist on one of those platforms first and then shift it over to another platform. Mm -hmm. And they have ways of integrating it with YouTube uh, Discog and other platforms as well. So I might explore that soon.
0: Great. Yeah, so SongShift, I'm, I'm really not familiar with uh, this kind of application.
1: Yeah, um, I was actually doing some Googling the other day because I was getting a little frustrated that I had to make my playlist twice. Mm-hmm. And it was taking up way more time than I was willing to to have it on multiple streaming services.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So after kind of searching for like, okay, ways to go from Spotify to Apple music or vice versa, mm-hmm. that was one of the ones that came up that was free for up to a certain number of songs.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think if it was more than a hundred. You had to pay like, it was like, I think four or five bucks for a year, which is pretty reasonable. So I can't remember the exact price point,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it was like, if you were even if you were just switching from like Spotify to Apple Music, I think it makes sense to like if you want to transfer your playlists over, have an application like that even if you're using it once.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and between the two, do you have a do you have a preference between Spotify and Apple Music or?
1: I, I don't really. I mean, I think Spotify is great because as of today, you can see more analytics on their back end. Mhm. And I know Apple recently announced that they have it to where you can see if you're an artist, you're able to see stats within Apple music probably in a future update. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's stuff that would be relevant for me if I'm, when I'm working with a band and I'm trying to help them figure out their demographic and where, um, you know, where people are listening the most. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't, I don't really have a preference. I think, every person, every listener has a preferred streaming service. Mm -hmm. So bands, bands need to be everywhere as far as that goes.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And so on your Apple watch, what kind of apps are you using or for which purpose do you like the Apple watch the
2: most?
1: The more, the longer I've had an Apple watch, the more I'm finding how kind of like helpful it can be in my day to day life, especially if I'm like setting a timer, um, it's just like less less effort to take my phone out of my pocket and have it right there. But I mean, I'll use the activity app if I'm not being lazy and actually going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nice for reminding me to stand up and exercise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Headspace is a really good app for meditations.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then also like there's a heart study I recently joined, which I forgot that Apple had even partnered with different medical institutions to do this heart study.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But overall, it helps. It notifies you if your heart rhythm is out of the ordinary. Okay. And it will send all that information to those institutions. Mm-hmm. And, over, I mean, for them, that's huge because before that, you know, you had to go to the doctor to get those studies done. And now they can just do it right from your wrist mm-hmm. and, like, help, help further those studies to know how, like, the human heart works how it can better be for medical purposes.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have any professional use case regarding the Apple Watch or is it more personal, uh,
1: like fitness related? It's definitely been more personal. I don't think many business owners would buy one other than, I mean, if you're always on the go, I think having like a Series 3 Apple Watch would be very useful because then if you forget your phone at the office or you just decide you don't want to bring it with you, mm-hmm. you're able to take those calls but you're kind of limited, unless you have AirPods, to like having everyone hear your conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when you combine the Apple Watch with AirPods, it kind of opens up a lot more doors. And that's I think that's one product I forgot to mention that I do own, uh, is AirPods.
0: Yeah, those are great. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's one of the latest Apple devices that I bought, and it's so delightful, the, the experience of the, the AirPods.
1: Oh yeah, I agree.
0: So let's switch to the recent haha moment that you might have with uh, any of your device. Yeah. Is there any trick or tip that you, you discovered that you wished you knew before?
1: There's one that was kind of funny the other day that I was, I was talking to Abby and I was like, hey, anytime I've been missing a lot of calls lately, because I'll usually put my watch on Do Not Disturb, And I didn't realize it was also mirroring to my phone settings. So my phone would always be turned on to do not disturb. (laughs) So that was useful that the fact that neither of them rang. So I wasn't getting distracted, but I would have, you know, my parents calling or a friend calling me back or a client (laughs) and it just goes straight to voicemail (laughs) for them. And not, not a lot of people I talk to like to leave voicemails so, but I would see I missed a call. So I just like a week ago realized I would turned on Do Not Disturb to mirror yeah. for both devices. So that was kind of a funny aha moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So always check your watch settings. <laughs> yeah, there are plenty
0: of uh, other settings that you can choose to mirror or not to mirror between the watch and mm-hmm. the phone, like um, the calendar. I specifically do not want to see so, some of the calendars mm-hmm. on on my watch, for instance. Yeah. So that's, that's neat. I, it didn't work very well the first time I had to reboot. I had to reboot the, um, the watch to mm-hmm. not to, un, not not to unpair it. I, but I had to actually remove the synchronization between the calendar and the watch and, yeah. and, and start over. And then, then it was okay. Uh, I, 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 could manage to have different calendars showing up on the watch versus the the phone, the iPhone?
1: Just uh, after looking at kind of the apps I have on my watch, one I think I'm going to try to use more frequently now is a HomeKit where you're able to turn on lights in your room. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely, it's a lot easier to get to on my watch than it is to get to on my phone if my phone's in my pocket. And then also, just being able to like, if you're listening to music, being able to switch songs from your wrist is a lot more convenient.
0: Yeah, and when it's the when it's the now playing screen on mm-hmm. on the watch, uh, turning the the g- digital crown, uh, mm-hmm. actually you can uh, increase or decrease the volume of the audio directly yeah. from the watch. That's that's really great.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So what? What friction or what things would you like to to improve mm-hmm. regarding the the usage of your
1: Apple devices at the moment um I think automator for sure mm-hmm. like in within Photoshop, you can create actions so mm-hmm. things that you would repeatedly be doing that might just be it kind of slows you down but I want to try to figure out different um, actions that I can create to speed up my workflow when it comes to like photo editing mm-hmm. or even like creating titles for videos using like final cut pro. Mm-hmm. So sitting down one afternoon or evening and writing down, writing out what, what can I improve and what, what systems can I automate to make this make me put out work faster essentially.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, in the in the pre-show you were mentioning um, using the Files app on your Mm -hmm. iPhone. Could you please explain uh, what what exactly you you would like to do, or what is uh, yeah what is not going well at the moment?
1: Yeah. Um, So something I haven't I've kind of been using all those services like Dropbox and Google Drive. Uh, and iCloud separately. Um, and I haven't really had a chance to dive into files as much as I wanted to, um, just out of busyness. And I think sometimes we, we don't take the time to learn about a new feature on Mac or iPhone until it's, we could have saved so much time. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we're intimidated by the fact of it being something new. And we might not want to spend like an hour or two learning about it
2: hmm. and
1: trying to see how it fits in our workflow to like actually give it a chance. So hmm. I think there's been a bit of an intimidating factor where it, where it is new. And I don't want to necessarily disrupt my, my day to learn it. But it would probably help me a whole lot if I did just spend like an hour or so reading about it and trying some things out.
2: Hmm. But
1: just opening it up now, I mean, I see there's locations. So I have my Google Drive, Dropbox, iCloud on my phone and recently deleted all in one like accordion, essentially. Like I can hit the arrow, and it'll drop down, and I can see all of these locations. Uh, it looks like I'm able to favorite certain documents, and then I can also tag them different colors, hmm. and you can even name the tags like work, important, home, and then, or color name. But it looks super useful. Just from what I'm looking at now,
0: yeah, it's a it's a centralized way to access your your cloud documents. Mm-hmm. There's even also a, a local if you wanted to store files locally mm-hmm. on your on your phone. I maybe as a temporary storage if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the newest feature is that you can. Multi select so you can select multiple files at once. Mm-hmm. And so, if you wanted to copy or to move files from one cloud provider to another, you could mm-hmm. with the files app.
1: That'd be super useful.
0: Then I've, I've hit a limitation of, but it's, I don't think it's the, the files app, it's more a security mechanism that some apps mm-hmm. have put in place. So, like if in Dropbox, if you protect mm-hmm. your Dropbox with a pin mm-hmm. so that no, only with the pin code or your Touch ID, you can access your Dropbox uh, account or no, your Dropbox file, mm-hmm. that doesn't work with the Files app. So if you try to access the Dropbox folder from the Files app, when the Dropbox is protected with the pin, the pin code, you will see an error message it will not let you go into dropbox mm-hmm. so these are the kinds of limitations that that we have right now but apart from that uh, it's it's great it's great to to have a centralized way to access your cloud storage
1: mm-hmm. yeah just be able to download directly to your phone i mean i remember a couple ios versions ago how difficult it was to just open a PDF (laughs) yes it's it's way easier now (laughs) and be able to like sign documents and that sort of thing and send them to anyone Mm -hmm. so it's definitely exporting and importing stuff is not as uh, much of a headache as it was even a few years ago
2: no no no.
0: and really when you want to, to, to copy files from one storage provider to another Mm -hmm. it's uh it's easier than before with the share sheet and so it's uh it's more streamlined that's awesome so any plans to upgrade your your gear or buy a a new device the home pod has been out now for for a few weeks
1: yeah um i'm kind of i might Hold off on the HomePod, but it mm-hmm. really just kind of depends on what my tax return looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel that would be more of a personal purchase than a business purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, something, I mean, I think software-wise, they're going to make huge improvements on it, uh, but I do listen to a lot of music, and I do work with a lot of bands, so having an Apple device that is more compatible you know, with my watch and my phone to be able to listen on. I, I mean, that's kind of the raving reviews it's been getting is the sound quality is just so good
2: mm-hmm.
1: for the price that you're paying. So I think that's something that I could definitely, as long as I can convince Abby that it's a, a purchase worth making. Maybe I just need to sell a couple of things I already have uh, to make it happen. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think I might do that. And then um probably a Series th- 3 watch in the future. Mm-hmm.
0: So for... How long have you had now the Series 2? I
1: want to say maybe a little over a year now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's something too that I've re- recently saw that you can trade in now online. So if you go to, it's like if you search Apple Renew yeah. uh, and then go to the Renew website, you can see how much of a trade in you would get for your watch. And there's always people looking to buy used Apple products to, so you can go put that money towards like a newer device. It's just a matter of take, making the effort. It's probably easier just to trade it in and have them ship you a box to put it in yeah. uh, and then get the credit for it. But I feel like you would, you would make more of your money back and not lose so much if you sold it on your own.
0: Yeah, I've seen that program um, recently as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Your MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. So for how long have you had this MacBook Pro and how long do you think you, can, you will be able to keep it?
1: Yeah, so I bought this MacBook Pro. It's been a little over two weeks, so (laughs) it's past the return policy time. (laughs) So it's kind of, I was uh, a little skeptical about getting it without the touch bar because you you only have two USB C ports on the left, opposed to four total. Um, But just kind of, I don't think I'm gonna ever hook up two 5K displays. Mm -hmm. And then there's a G Raids or like. um, Storage units you could attach to it. I don't think I'm at that point yet in my business to need that type of uh, compatibility, mm-hmm. um, but I'm hoping to make it last at least five to six years. And if I did buy something newer sooner, I would just probably sell this at the peak of what its you know value would be. Mm-hmm. But I usually I can usually make a MacBook Pro last four to five years, and have it you know do everything I need it to. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, re- recently there, there was a cyber security contest. I, I think it was pwn to own mm-hmm. And uh, a guy actually took over a MacBook Pro through the Touch Bar.
1: Wow. Through
0: the, <laughs> through the Touch Bar interface. That's how he, like, wow. he, he got through and, and he hacked uh, the, the MacBook Pro.
1: That's possible. Yeah. The security is pretty great on Apple. Um, but I mean, there's always ways around anything if you work hard enough.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and you and you managed to put "pwn by" on the on the Touch Bar screen. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. I have I have a tendency to to shy away from first generation uh, devices.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, the MacBook Pro with Touch Bar. It's not for me at the moment,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, yeah, and uh, I really like my my iMac, my 5K, 27-inch iMac, and so if I had to to change because I still have a 2011 MacBook Air, mm-hmm. which which runs fine, huh? it's for the work I do, it's okay, but if mm-hmm. I had to 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 upgrade, I think I would buy the the 12-inch MacBook, the simple one it's a uh, lightweight I don't I don't need more for my business
1: mm-hmm. yeah I mean if I get more into video and photography this year mm-hmm. I may lean towards buying a used iMac potentially mm-hmm. because I think it just depends I'm like I'm hardly ever at my desk just because of how cold it is upstairs in our where we live <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> until the weather gets warmer so uh, I think that's what drove me to get the MacBook Pro right now. So I can go to coffee shops and sit downstairs and just be able to be a little more mobile with where I'm working. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's definitely been limitations as far as like, sometimes things buffer a little longer. Um, But that's just, that's just how it goes sometimes when you're working with bigger documents.
2: Yeah.
0: So what's next for you and your business?
1: So I know we went to Sean West conference together and I think weren't we sitting at the kind of the round community table at one point. And I think I want to pull up my notes from that day because I think it would really help me just, you know, realize where I was then to where I am now and mm-hmm. just kind of the, the shift I've had with how I want to operate because I mean, I work part time on top of what I'm doing with here and and it has made me, it's forced me to focus on certain things rather than, just everything so since mm-hmm. my time's been limited it's you know it's just forced me to like change my perspective and where my focus is so I've been I've been having a lot of success with cre- creating a weekly playlist that features Dayton artists and
2: mm-hmm. it's been
1: helping artists know who I am without me having to like go up to them at a concert
2: mm-hmm. and introduce
1: myself and tell them what I do they just kind of like know oh, this local guy from Dayton Ohio it put us on a playlist that that makes them feel good that somebody is giving them attention where they would normally have to like do like a, almost a cold, like a cold introduction. So by me doing this playlist, I feel like I'm helping introduce people locally in Dayton to musicians. They wouldn't know about otherwise and artists they wouldn't know otherwise. Uh, And hopefully that will turn into me making content for those bands in the future. Yeah. Once I kind of redo my website and, pricing and services and such but on top of doing this weekly playlist i want to host bi-monthly concerts to where i can take artists from the playlist put them on in this like a concert so they get to play out and hopefully get paid (laughs) (laughs) that's that's money in their pocket and then that will hopefully translate to money in my pocket Mm -hmm. and you know just like a hopefully it would be a good reoccurring like system in a way you know, because mm-hmm. I really care about what they do and that they are passionate about performing and wanting to share music with people. And I think I can help them reach more people by playing concerts, being on a playlist, and then making content to reach people that aren't in their local area. Mm-hmm.
0: And so you're you're specifically doing that for Dayton, Ohio, or for Ohio bands?
1: Specifically Dayton, uh, Dayton area bands. So I have been including region like regional so if it's in like with a 25 mile radius of Dayton
2: Mm -hmm. I've
1: been considering them a Dayton band okay because there are people who live in Troy Ohio or Springfield Ohio or you know another suburb essentially where they just claim Dayton as like their home city because Mm -hmm. it's the the, it's the biggest city closest to them to where if they play in Dayton people from all over this area within a 30 mile radius will most likely drive to see them play
2: Mm hmm
1: So in that that sense, I feel like I'm helping everyone in the area. Because if you made it exclusively Dayton only, I feel like there would only be like 20 or 30 artists that I would feel comfortable featuring Hmm. because I want the quality of the music to still be good and I don't want it to all be the same genre. Hmm. So I've been including country artists, uh, hip-hop, rock, um, instrumental, uh, DJs, EDM so that helps immensely too because then there's like cross-genre like people are becoming aware like hey there's not just a hip-hop scene there's not just a rock scene Hmm. there's not just an EDM electronic scene like we're all there's ways that they can collaborate and do concerts that are multi-genre and hopefully just raise the awareness Hmm.
0: and so when when do you expect to to go full time with Here and See, or what what kind of um, do you have a criteria or a milestone that you you want to hit before you go full time?
1: That's kind of my goal for this year. Is like I made I made the theme for this year for my personally just where do I fit in the music industry hmm. because I it's always changing and I feel like a lot of bands are in the spot to where they're doing things independently now. Um, And they're not necessarily getting funded by a label or, you know, like they have to play shows. They have to be active in order to pay for things. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I can help them achieve that, hopefully they'll be closer to doing it either part time or full time themselves, which will hopefully enable me to do be full time in this. But I know it's going to take time more time because I have been kind of distracted by the day job I have and I have to. I need to be more aggressive about not doing free work. So, like mm-hmm. the playlist is free, hosting these concerts, I'm breaking even. So the venue I'm running through, it's you pay the rental fee and then you have to pay somebody to run sound. But I think that's a good if I'm breaking even, that's a good way to make people aware of me, so hopefully it'll pay off in the long term. Mm-hmm. But just being able to find things I can create for bands that will eventually like the price is right. I'm able to turn it out like really quickly and then just move on to the next one. So I'm trying not to be romantic about the type of work I'm doing. It might, you know, it might just be updating a tour flyer or it might be creating Facebook headers. Like it might be pretty, it might be simple to me or it might be simple to you because we've done it for so long. But for this band or this artist, Hmm. that might be five hours of work for them when I can achieve it in like 30 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. So if I'm saving them time to where they can promote these shows or the new single they have or the new album they have, that's valuable to them. Um, So I'm just trying to figure out what's the most valuable thing to an artist right now where they can pay me and they'll actually make money back on their investment.
0: Hmm. Well, it was uh, a pleasure talking to you, having you on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's actually, it's been getting me to think a little more too, especially that last mm. question. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of internal dialogue I need to get on paper. Um, mm. So thank you.
0: So where where can people find you online? What's your website yeah. or social media?
1: Uh, so my personal website is ian ebaldwin.com mm. um, and that's where I'm posting these playlists that I'm making mm-hmm. um, as well as some reviews I'm gonna hopefully start writing more again this year um so just like my personal thoughts and then here and see is here and co, and that's where I'm hosting these concerts I'm gonna be putting together my portfolio again and essentially posting my services so if anyone is in need of content creation for their band they don't have to live in Dayton I'll do it for anyone (laughs) um but my personal Twitter and Instagram is at Ian E. Baldwin. And for Here and See, uh, the socials are at Here See Co.
0: So all the links will be in the show notes available at macprunercom forward slash episode four. So that's it for today. And until next time, I'm Damien Schroes wishing you a great day.